Hey, and welcome to the First Issue Club podcast, where every week we cover the hyped weekly First Issue comic books. This week we're covering the books that came out on October 11th. We've got Falcon Number 1 from Marvel, we've got Family Trade uh, from Image, and we have God Complex Number 1 from Top Cow and Image. A couple of things I wanted to get off before we start this podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you have subscribed or reviewed this, we are so eternally thankful. I had a question about how do we pick the books that we choose? Why? How do we know what we're doing? And let me let me task you with something. Go to your computer, type in comic books that are coming out this week. <laughs> you will have a terrible fucking experience. Yeah. <laughs> it is hard to wade through what's coming out, what's interesting, and especially what number ones are worth reading. We're doing that for you. We're hoping to do that for you. Who do we have on the club today and what would you cosplay for Halloween? I guess that's just called wearing a costume. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Lichtai here and I would cosplay a Gundam mech. <laughs> that would be sweet. That'd be really sweet. Oh yeah. My name is Caitlin Morosic and I would, well I can just say what I'm going as. Perfect. Because that's pretty much, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. going as Princess Buttercup. Uh, I would definitely cosplay as a My Little Pony. Ooh. I'd be on all fours the entire convention. <laughs> would it be one of those where the other human is your your ass? Like, connected? <laughs> like it's a horse? You know I, I mean? would love for it to just be me. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had to, are you asking to be the butt of my horse? Yeah. I thought we could human centipede your, your My Little Pony experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm Mike, the Budget King Russo. I would cosplay as Cyclops, but I would take rows of corn and make them my X-Men belt, so I would be Cy-Crops. <laughs> okay, so let's get this podcast First up, we're going to be talking about Falcon Number 1, published by Marvel Comics, written by Ronnie Barnes, with art by Joshua Kassara. So, a little bit of background first. This book follows Sam Wilson, also known as The Falcon. This character has been around since the 60s, is actually one of the first mainstream African-American superheroes. Um, So, we're just picking up his pre-existing story and putting a new Number 1 on the cover of that issue. Reason that we're getting a new series is a few years ago, this character became the new Captain America, and we followed him under that title for the last, like, two or three years. Now the original Captain America has returned in a very complicated and confusing way, so (laughs) Sam is back in action as the Falcon, and we get a first issue because of that. So this book focuses on the Falcon and his teen protege, Patriot, and they're trying to squash beef between two of Chicago's largest gangs. Uh, Sam Wilson, the Falcon, is trying to focus on creating change in a more personal way in realms that he's more passionate about, as opposed to the kind of grandiose planet-saving sort of thing he was focusing on as Captain America and leader of the Avengers. By the end of this comic, though, um, we discover that there's more than meets the eye to this gang struggle that they're trying to intervene on. More specifically, the mayor is actually a monster, who wants to corrupt and rule the earth. Um, I have some opinions, I guess, or mixed feelings maybe on the way this book ended. I was wondering if you guys 
felt the same way about the end of this book. What were your impressions? What this book was doing the whole entire time was setting up this commentary on uh, law and order and, like, trying to be, like, a redefinition of, like, crime specifically in Chicago and was doing some really cool political things, which I, I still think it did. Having the mayor be a demon just in some way takes away from that for me because I'm just, like, just be a bad mayor. Yeah. Um, and then, like, let's go with that. And I'm, I was perfectly fine to just stay in, like, the crime world of Chicago. It's going to set different tones, but I'm, yeah. So that's my opinion. That's how I would see that. Well, yeah, and it really wasn't about the Falcon at all. <laughs> it was more about Sam Wilson dealing with things that a lot of people are dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. Marvel got has recently got a lot of criticism for not being uh, diverse in the representation of their employees, at least, and and they've they've tried to do more diversity rep. And there's a whole controversy of that that we won't even get into. Rodney Barnes um, is the writer and I think creator of Boondocks, um, and he's also uh, like a, a bunch of other things. Everybody hates Chris, some mm, other mm-hmm. stuff, right? And I think that. Getting him, I know he's done other comics, but getting him to do this comic was a huge win for me. Um, what do you guys think about that? Like his story writing. I would agree. There's yeah. there's very poignant references in here too, and like they reference Fred Hampton and Laquan McDonald, and the and Prodigy. The, yes, yeah. All, yes. <laughs> also Mom, a great Mom, reference. Yeah. Did you guys notice that the first arc of this new series is called Bad Kid, Mad City? Yes. Which is Whoa, a reference I did not to notice the Kendrick Lamar, a Kendrick Lamar <laughs> album, which that album has a narrative about, you know, growing up in Compton around poverty and gang violence. So we immediately get into those themes here. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. Another common thread that we're going to have today is this commentary on really the current administration on Trump, like the law and order reference in that Trump during his campaign was specifically making Chicago a debate ground of like the violence there. And commonly, like in the news world, law and order is, is, is a dog whistle for certain types of conservatives to, to kind of nod to each other and say, keeping b- black people in line or at least out, out of the areas of where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Not to be too crass, but I think that that's what we're talking about there. When we're, when we're talking about law and order in urban areas, that's, and that's what this comic book is doing. It talks, the mayor is proliferating not only crime, but also the death and destruction of minorities in Chicago, which is an epic thing for a comic book to tackle. Yeah, especially first issue, like mm-hmm. right out the gate. This comic blew me away. I had low expectations, and it was mm-hmm. I, will, I will definitely get the next issue. I'm I'm really interested to see where the next couple where the next couple issues go, <laughs> because the, at the end of this book, I'm like, great, you know, we were gonna tell a really personal story. Now we've got like. Blackheart. The matter of the like the earth getting taken over, which is another global thing. And this story would have been a really cool, intimate thing in Chicago, like all placed in Chicago. Yeah, I totally get that. But I understand that this character is a metaphor for, you know, government and the man being like completely evil at its core. And depending on how they run with that, it could be a pretty dope book still. Um, agreed. read The Family Trade. It is a book put out by Image. This one is in the Free Republic of Thessala, um, also known as the Float. It's sort of a common ground neutral territory zone between the Americas and the old states. It's ruled by the clans and covertly protected by the family, of which our main character is a member. 
and I don't I don't think you even know her name throughout mm. the book. I don't think anybody nobody That's addresses her. Yeah. She is unnamed. It's it opens with her on an assassination mission. Her target is the floats version of Donald Trump. He wants to make the float glorious again, and he wants to take it back from the outlanders and the freeloaders. One of the quotes actually that I liked a lot was she is kind of talking to herself watching him talk and she's she says it's skillfully done he's weaving in just enough truth then appealing to their fears he's bold enough to say this and rich enough to get away with it and i just thought that that was i mean such heavy commentary yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty blatant point yeah at that again, point he's not even hiding it yeah. no <laughs> continuing the theme from what we read in falcon mm-hmm. And it was just like, man, everybody just had enough this week. <laughs> like, they were just like, we're going to vent to all of you, and now you have to sit with it, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A family trade was, I thought, was was really great. And what I loved near the end of it was he said, this comic book was started on a joke. Uh and it was basically this joke of like them being like, where is somebody? They're an assassin. And then they just <laughs> created this. And let's be honest, this is Waterworld, right? More or less, I didn't, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't see, I didn't catch that, but yeah. I mean, that's... it's like, we're on land, but this is like the one, the float. Yeah. Is the it's one... like a big floating barge. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah because the, we don't know about the world, but it's it's flooded. or whatever. Comprised of separate ships, right? Yes. Okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And so Waterworld, Assassins... Donald Trump, like overtly Donald Trump. The other thing that the writer says is that, like, so that I that family of assassins came as like a joke, but he was talking about the idea for I think he was saying the story came from like when you wish that real life things had gone a different way, or you wish that a story had ended a, a different way, and that makes me pretty interested to see where they're gonna go with this. Because yeah. if he's already referencing in the first issue that he is acting out certain things that maybe didn't go another way in real life, this could get weird. <laughs> totally. The only critique I have about this book is the name. I think it should have been called Talking Cats Better Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> Would have sold more issues. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Family trade just, you know, we get a little bit of that. They're like this mafioso of like family. But I think that there's so many other things going on. Their their being a family doesn't seem like the defining characteristic of this book, and that's actually a compliment. Like there's, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's awesome. It may turn into that, but I do from the first issue. Yeah, part two point. is called the family, so Uh-oh. that I think that might be more more present. Okay. Did this read more like a prelude then? Kind of like mm-hmm. setting up the family. It did such a good job of setting up what the. Mm-hmm. What's going setting up the world, I guess. One thing I love in a comic book is when they get different names for like common things. Like the guy uh, there's a guy vaping in, oh. the, in the beginning, and what do they call it? Fogger. A, fo- a fogger. He's like oh, sucking, I'm stealing on, that. sucking on a fogger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but little things like that. Oh no, sucking on a fogger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a John but, Cougar Mellencamp yeah, by the, lyric. <laughs> we we haven't we addressed this, up. but we are all four huge vape fanatics. Like, <laughs> this room is like <laughs> full of clouds. San Francisco Bay right now, just oh, yeah. rolling in the fog. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we love vaping, so get your vape on with us. <laughs> <laughs> That's the unpolitical thing we didn't mention. All the pe- all the bad people in this book were fog. They were vaping. 
And so there's that other political commentary. Were they really? No. But oh. the, fir- the first bad guy <laughs> you was. You could have had uh, me on that one. I'm too tired. <laughs> the first bad guy was definitely vaping, though. I think, can you still, can you vape in bars? Is that why it's so popular? I'm seeing so many more signs that say no vaping. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God. This is where we're at I used society. To, I used to love the e-cig guy in the mall. That would be like smoking and then stare at you mm-hmm. while you walked by and was oh, like, yeah, yeah, I'm smoking inside. <laughs> Ask me about it. Yeah. I like when the Isig guy was also selling plush toys and would be willing to uh, <laughs> just uh, shine up your Jordans. <laughs> that, that's when you know malls have gone to shit. <laughs> you got a shoe shine and get your vape and a cell phone case. Ooh. Well, family trade. It <laughs> <laughs> went off on a very weird vape tangent. <laughs> Read it. Read it. I highly recommend it. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Super recommend. Next we have God Complex, which is a joint venture from Top Cow and Image. Uh, It is by, it was written by Paul Jenkins and illustrated by Hendry Prasetya. I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. But it follows Seneca, a detective, who at the beginning of the book is investigating a murder of three Trinity Alkalites. Uh, so there we meet Hermes, who is a cyborg slash super detective who works at the substa- substrata. Is that something? Substrata. Substrata. I think that just means under the earth. It, was it not an Italian restaurant? <laughs> yeah. Substrata. Hermes runs a delicatessen. Okay, um, but what is he a cyborg? I thought it was just a really cool helmet. He's a god. That, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, what were they called? But wait, rulers? no. There are some gods. cool paintings in are the they? back of the in the backs, uh, the last couple of pages of the book that are in the background of yeah. these characters taking their masks off and just having like shining light out of their faces. What is okay. that? What all those? Ooh. So is that what all those paintings were in the <laughs> yeah. gallery? Then yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like the subtext okay. to the. Uh-huh. All right, all right. So yeah, so whether he's a cyborg or a god human being that doesn't have really any features, he's just contained in this little suit will be discovered in future issues because this issue doesn't really give you shit about anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then we find out that the murders early on in the book were actually kind of a distraction from, uh, so that they could insert a virus into what they call the stream, which is, like, uh, the stream is all of human knowledge, imagination, and information uh, visualized into physical form that these rulers can jump into and kind of pinpoint and investigate different crimes that are happening or potentially going to happen or have happened. And it's kind of like The Matrix, but I wasn't bored watching The Matrix, but I was very (laughs) bored reading this book. And by the end of it, you're just kind of like, okay, nothing is really explained. It's set up, in my mind, kind of half-assed. You don't really know why for sure there is a virus being injected into the stream other than to just fuck up someone's day. Right. Well, it's the ch- it's the church, right? That's what That's, it's setting up. I, yeah, loosely anything, alluded to, yeah. It sets up that they're going right. to go up against this, the church. This, this book is like a pro-atheist book or, or something. or no, It's not. It's basically, the enemy is the people that believe in one God, though. Correct. Let's just put it that Correct. way. Correct, yes. I'm a huge fan of cyberpunk for those of you who don't know what cyberpunk is, um, it is a closely ima- realized, imagined future based on like uh, accelerating technology. And normally, there's like some hackers, probably some vaping going on. <laughs> in oh, this a, book is heavily vaped. Yeah, usually rollerblades. Vape, vapor approved. Um, and so 
the costuming on this or like the way they drew the characters is what drew me into this. Mm -hmm. And then their powers are technological, like omnisciency or omnipresence, which I think is cool. Like having a God that is like technically like, or like through technology, a God is a good premise. Mm -hmm. What's interesting about this book is this book comes from, and, and this is a weird thing that comic books do, where they just say, you should know about this thing, and this thing is happening. There is a toy line called Glitch, who has made six characters that, I guess, I don't know why people would buy these if they didn't know the backstory, but they do look cool. I guess that's why. Yeah, super poseable, fun-looking And characters. so that's, so this is a, this, there's a pre-dated toy line for this. Does anybody have any intel on this? I, I don't, but I didn't know that this was inspired from a toy line until after I read the book and just Googled it because I felt like there was something I was missing. I was like, does this pick up from another story? It got really complex and really deep right away. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that I didn't like this book. It was just kind of hard to absorb because they threw so much of, like, the world at you. Yeah. I had a hard time following it. I had to read it a couple times. Like, in the first few pages, they're talking about how the the stream is the totality of human ingenuity and imagination and i was like what yeah it's like it's like we missed issue 0 it's just like yeah, where, I was do, where did we miss the like class on the stream that we need to take to read this book right and shout out to toy collectors cuz that's not that's like the one area i don't collect but i love the people and the fan base that do that mm-hmm. but so what happened here they got this cool toy and then they were like let's give them a backstory to that toy that they bought is that essentially well i think what happened is like the there was the toy line and then the description behind the toys was so in-depth and complex like the creators of the toy line was just like oh i bet we can make this into a comic book like we gave enough backstory into the like figures themselves and these figure uh, action figures are not cheap oh they're not they're like 200 bucks a piece oh wow they look rad, and the, they and, do look cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the new, the new comment, like the, it gives a preview of the coming up first issues. Like the new characters they're going to introduce look cool. Yeah, like, so like they, Apollo or whatever. Right, yeah. he looks dope. Yeah, yeah, there was a cliffhanger at the end where like they introduced this guy, and I think if you're familiar with the characters already, you might be like, "Dope, we're oh, going to yeah. figure out about this guy." Yeah. But as someone who doesn't know the history, the the like climax of this book. Kind of fell flat because I'm just like another mask person, another masked guy. <laughs> yeah, like the big reveal is just like the door opens and someone's sitting back there and he goes, "I'm this person," and you're supposed to be like, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> but I was just like, "What? I, I don't care." Well, it's right before they say like though, uh, the worst thing that can happen to somebody is finding out everything they're afraid of is actually true, and then it's like meet Apollo. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I don't know. He is real. This yeah. this comic book is a reminder, and if you guys have been at cons, this is like a thing. People go to comic book conventions for a myriad, a cornucopia of things, whether it be board games, video games, cartoons. Comic books is just like one sliver of the pie, and toy collecting is a huge thing mm-hmm. there. And, and so I'm not shitting on it. I just... I don't know that I'd spend two hundred dollars on just a cool looking thing of which I have no backstory of. Ho- I'm thank God now they're getting their backstory for their two hundred dollars well spent. I guess. Yeah. Did mask off. Yeah. Did Hermes kind of seem just like kind of like a standoffish prick <laughs> in the beginning? Just like, eh, hold on, I'm taking a call. Hold on. <laughs> also, hold on, I'm minority reporting around yeah, the stream. Yeah, yeah. So if you have access to this thing that tells you all of all present and past, why be a detective? Like. Yeah, but why why hold a job? Just go make a bunch of money in Vegas, like, or do nothing. 
Like, I, why even like? Because then there wouldn't be a comic book. Yeah, It'd okay. be one book. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if the if the guy who wrote this was listening to it, he'd be raging because there's something we're missing. Yeah, he's like, oh, you're yeah. fucking not getting it. <laughs> yeah. And I hope he is listening. And once you listen, we will promote you and buy all the rest of your comics. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Throw in some free toys yeah. and you are good to go. Oh, yeah. Add us on Twitter, First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T. One last thing on this book. Did you guys have a hard time realizing that his inner dialogue was going the entire book? They tell you at the end that these black boxes that you're getting are his mm. conscience. Yeah, I caught I thought it was that. somebody. I didn't, I didn't think re- it was him. I didn't uh, realize that that was him until the very end of the book. Yeah. It's like so, a split personality version. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so reading it the second time, it's a lot easier to grasp yeah. what was going on in the story. So I think there's something to be discovered in the truth in what his other voice in his head is. I'm so glad you said that because mm-hmm. the second read of this book was when <clears throat> I felt like I enjoyed it. Same. It, mm. I'm not that what literate. Seneca is a, like a Roman book or he's an author oh yes right? yeah yeah yep okay that's not referencing or anything. like a philosopher yeah like a writer yeah. yeah okay it could be i don't i wouldn't put it past him okay that that like his name is alluding to something mm-hmm. a lot like how lost had people named philosophers <laughs> oh my god get over is there gonna be i like that there will be little lost nuggets in every single episode <laughs> J.J. Abrams so. told us to. Two things yeah. you need to know about us. We love if lost JJ and vaping. If J.J. Abrams <laughs> listen to this podcast, I will just shit my pants. J.J. <laughs> Abrams, if you are listening, please at Mike Russo right now. Yeah. The <laughs> sound of me shitting my pants will be all over this podcast. <laughs> we'll time travel in the next episode for him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you come back and... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> great. All right. <laughs> now we have... What we were calling pick of the week, Matt. Can, yeah, put in that sound, Matt. The let's do that sound. Yeah, put that in there if you could, Matt. Thanks. Pick of the week. So we had a bunch of other comic books come out, as does every week. There are sometimes hundreds of comic books coming out. There are a handful of first issues that came out. Wormwood Gentleman Corpse has a new arc out um, on IDW. And this book is cool. Totally pick it up. The artwork is awesome. And I think it's by the guy that co-wrote 30 Days of Night, that vampire thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titan has a new book where they're re-upping some Jack Kirby crap for Fighting America. Not my cup of tea, but I am sure it's somebody's. And the uh, characters seem really cool. And it's super bright. So I don't know if you're into that. DC relaunched an old character named Ragman. What I read of it was pretty cool. He's It's like mummy-related, and um, they're going to launch this new character coming back out, which seems cool, right? Is it not mummy-related? Oh, no, no sorry. I'm, my stomach keeps making <laughs> oh, I heard it over the microphone. I was like, growls. what the oh, fuck? I was like, no, I read the wrong book. <laughs> There's a monster in there. Um, my pick of the week is actually Blade Runner 2049 <laughs> or 8. I don't know which one. I did see the movie. I promise. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 2049. Uh, movie's fucking awesome. It's epic. It's a callback out to noir films. The music is great. Ryan Gosling is always great. <laughs> and uh, this movie was great. Not a comic book, but well worth all of your time and all of your money to go see this. Yeah? I, I learned an interesting fact about that movie. Do tell. Uh, Harrison Ford actually punched Ryan Gosling for real. I, There's a scene where that is crazy. that happens, and you think it's like movie magic. 
No, Harrison Ford full on clocked him. Harrison? Did he know that he was going to do that? Nope. Is my follow up. <laughs> Ryan Gosling wow. did Which not. Which makes it so much better for Come. me. <laughs> Snaked him. Harrison Ford was so good in this movie, and in the new Star Wars, I thought he was like, eh. I was mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm glad he's in there. But he was like so great in this. And you know they only used green screen six times, I've been told. And then there's like musical callback references in this. And there's just so much of this movie that's good. This is not a podcast about other nerd culture and movies. That, but I that's my for sure pick of the week. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Yeah. And now we gotta uh, go see it. Yeah. Now we need to uh, leave leave you. First Issue Club is a proud participant of Fountain City Frequency. Shout out to Matt Hodap, our producer and editor. And then uh, we are recorded in KCUR Studios, and our music is by Primary Color Music. So shout out to all of them. Now here's our sign-off. Comics are so wonderful. Comics are so wonderful. Comics are so wonderful. I read you every day. Oh, boy. Um, I don't think anyone needs to follow that. Yep. Well, I'll just do mine real quick then. Greg Lichtai signing off. Goodbye. I am Caitlin Morasek, and I will show myself out. Yeah. Michael to Stacy. Bye bye, babies. <laughs> See ya. Bye.